Tom Bernard show with. Oops, oh my God. Uh, there you go. Backmaster, Ralph Dre, Ralph And Cassie Schrader. There you go. Now we're cooking with gas. We'll be right back. Kick things off. Kristen Burt with us today. Bernie Taylor with us today. Catherine Webster. Ralph W. Basham. Everybody. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I I appreciate that. Um, But I guess the key is is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience, and working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we paid the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer. We are back. We're back in the saddle And we have Kristen on, I believe. Kristen, are you there? Oh, it's... I am. Oh, there you are. She is here. I figured it out. <laughs> ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen, the Elizabeth Warren of the Tom Bernard Show, <laughs> Kristen Bird. Oh. Are you one one thousand? Am I one? I was just going to say one thirty second or one sixty fourth. I think that's what it was. No, it's one one thousandth actually. It keeps getting updated. Yeah, it's one one thousand, and it may not even be Native American. It may be Central American. They don't know for sure yet. <laughs> this oh, one, no. What is she doing? Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody knows. I, well, I'll update you on, on three things. Elizabeth Warren, uh, the Cherokee Nation is pissed off at her, saying it was just uh, inappropriate and wrong what she did. She's not a member of the Cherokee Nation. Uh, citizenship or affiliation with the Cherokee Nation is determined only, emphasis only, by tribal nation. So there you go. You can't decide, oh, my blood tells me that I'm Cherokee. No, you're not. 
I don't know. So you got that one. You got the one one thousand something, but we don't know what it is yet. We got. Uh, did you hear Donald Trump's new uh, new nickname for Stormy Daniels? No. What is it? Horse, I bet it's a good one. Horse face. <laughs> so so complex. So deep. really, yeah, really deep and complex. Although I so look, well thought out. I don't really understand why he would call her. She doesn't have a horse face at all. She's a, she's a pretty woman. She's nuts, but she's coming pretty from the guy who's orange. I yeah, mean, he's orange. That's true. Yeah. All right. Wait a second. No, wait a second. I, I, I'm not going to stand for this. So you're artificial tan shaming. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Artificial tan shaming. You know what? My thought is, with all of the money that he has, you can get a really nice spray tan. I I have no problem with him wanting to look tan. I know. Just get a nice one. You, you've got the money. You're right. You're absolutely right. He's got that orange kind of. Poor yeah, guy, you he know, is, he's orange. There's you know, no doubt about you just would, you just would think that. Wait, for that matter, he should, he, he could be made up every day. I mean, it, it it just not making any sense. I mean, we have a very there's a thousand answers to that that are not orange. I yeah, I do not understand the hairstyle. I don't understand. He looks. He always looks like he was wearing ski goggles because <laughs> his eyes are white, yeah. and then everything else is orange. What the hell is that? <laughs> What is that? I'm guessing he goes to an old school tanning booth because when you used to go to old school tanning booth, you put the goggles on your eyes. Oh yeah, and right. you would get those marks. But, so I mean, but that, why would you do like a skin cancer guarantee when you can do like a nice light spray tan uh, yes. that looks really natural? No, right. And you know they can they can tailor to your skin. I mean, and the ill-fitting suits like he can obviously afford. A nice suit, and he always wears things that just don't fit, and I'm I'm always kind of curious about that. It, uh, you know, George Hamilton's not orange. <laughs> no, he's just he's just very. You know, tan. So, you know, natural tan does not make you orange. It doesn't make you orange because melanin melanin is not orange. He's orange because he's getting some sort of odd. Sp- I don't. Man, I've, and when I I thought of that, there's no explanation for him to be orange. I mean, unless he's using the old uh, 1940s copper tone. The self-tanning stuff, that made you orange, but the current stuff looks yeah. normal. I'm wondering if it's the makeup in combination with, like, a, a, a either a spray tan or, uh, I don't know, or, you know, the tanning booth, and it just creates that orange glow, but it is really, really odd. Yeah, it's a bizarre hair color. It's a bizarre skin color. The whole shoot matches. <laughs> There's something off-kilter here. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, the whole thing, as I said, I, I've said this many times, if if you're the president of the United States, you're not my kind of guy. They're just not my kind you know, any of them. They're oh. not my kind of people. They're little wiener guys, I guess. Is that what you're Yeah, they all got little wieners now. We found out that Donald Trump, because Horseface now, as he calls her, Horseface said he's got a very small penis. And then Bill Clinton had a thumb-like penis. Uh, I don't know what that's all. So in order to be president, you have to have the small schwanz. <laughs> you have to be a putz. You'd have to be a small putz. A small putz. Yeah. It's uh, exactly right. That's 100% correct. So I don't know. I, the whole thing is, I don't get it. I don't understand people. Uh, I don't know. Well, what, you know. He's going to have job security once he's out of office. He can be the new spokesperson for Cheetos. We can bust out Chester the Cheetah. Or what is his name? Chester? (laughs) Chester Cheetah, yeah. Yeah, Chester Chester. Cheetah. And we can have Donald Trump, 
you know, hawking Cheetos. Works for me. Hey, you know what? <laughs> These Cheetos used to be okay, but now they're fabulous. <laughs> I can just hear yeah. they, come, they come in a huge bag. A huge <laughs> bag. Yeah. Huge bags. Huge, huge bags. And uh, they're better than ever. They were never this good before. It's like, you know, settle down, Donald. Relax. Well, as long as he puts more Cheetos in the bag, except you get this huge bag. And it's oh, like, he does? Well, no, you get like the huge bag of Cheetos. I didn't even know they came that big. Oh, yeah, you can get like the family size. We have oh, to get God. the family oh, size. Oh, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that makes <laughs> but, sense. But, yeah, and then you get the bag, and like it's only like a quarter full because it's full of air. What? Yes, they pack that stuff full of yep. air. So it's one quarter full? Yeah, like well, the bag this tall has only got this much Cheetos in it. And wasteful. And I'm they not sure that do they... that with cereal. They do it with potato chips. It's very frustrating. But yes. they, they air, the gas that's in there may not be air. What is it? I don't know. It may be another preserve. It may be an atmospheric control gas that's in there. Uh, that's why so many vegetables that come in those those plastic bags mm-hmm. will keep longer because they reduce the oxygen so they don't oxidize oh, as yeah. quick and stuff yeah. like that. So it might be nitrogen or who, who knows? Who knows <laughs> what's in it? If it is, it's the best nitrogen ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's American it nitrogen. It came from my lungs. It's, American, uh, it's the greatest. It's, it's not that Canadian crap. These are American. <laughs> I, I just, honest to God. Kristen, what is going on out there in your world? The statements that are being made by people now Oh. I, I just can't. You know, my fear is I talked about it in the KQ Morning Show. I'll talk about it now. I have a deepening fear that somebody's going to get assassinated. It just feels a whole lot. I like agree with you. It's terrible. I agree with you. It makes me worried. And honestly, it's not just like, hey, I'm the president. I have to worry about assassination. If I were a congressperson, I would oh, be yeah. extremely worried. Um, if I were a big figure in both the Republican or the Democratic Party, I would be very worried. Yep. Um, I, I, honestly, it's, it's been something that's been on my mind a lot over the last year and, you know, where we're talking about gun control and things like that. And I've always said, you should have a gun to protect your family. I don't think we all need automatic weapons, but I'm like, right. if you're letting all of these crazy people have automatic weapons and people who are feeling very extreme about the left or the right, I do worry about some of these public figures, whether yeah. I agree with them or not. I, I couldn't agree more. It, it just feels a whole lot. I was only 14 or 15 the first go around. Well, I was only 11 when Kennedy was, JFK was assassinated. But then we got really hot there in 66, 67, 68, 69. They were shooting up everybody. I just, it feels a lot like that again. Everybody hating everybody. And it, it feels a whole lot like that. So I don't know. It well, scares I think me. I put a news story um, in our news section that the political violence goes coast to coast as proud boys of Antifa activists clash in New York to Portland. Yeah, that's the far righty group, isn't it? No, I don't think Antifa is. No, they're the... Oh, the anti-fascists. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was thinking of the other one that they had just had the some kind of concert or something. They shut them the down. Part, well, what, one of the things they want to do is they want to take California... Back to Mexico. Who, Antifa does? Uh, I think, I'm pretty sure that's one of their Work tenets. for me, see ya. Yeah, out of here. Goodbye. Are you sending me to Mexico? Yep, you're I'm going to have the best Mexican food. <laughs> I oh, love Mexican man. food, so I'm going to be so happy. I, I love Mexican food. You can't, yeah, it's tough to get, I don't know, it depends on where you are. There's great Mexican food, and there's other stuff that just feels like it's out of a box. But yeah, there's, a, I told you before, down in West Palm Beach, Florida, there's Amigo 
It is the best Italian restaurant in Italian, best Mexican restaurant I've ever eaten in. Phenomenal. And what's that? It's Cuban place? That's, yeah, Amigos also got Cuban food. Oh. And it's just really good. You, you eat a lot. Uh, there are not a lot of Cubans in California, though, are there? There are not. Um, yeah. There's a couple of Cuban places, and I would say they're yeah, a little watered down from, like, what you would get if you were right. in Miami or something. Right. There's Howie, yeah. there's Howie over at the Canine Academy in Burbank. What? What's the Canine Academy? Canine Academy. That's where they uh, uh, do uh, uh, German Shepherd training for the uh, uh, some of the police uh, in the in the valley, and Howie was the owner. Uh-huh. He was the owner. That's where our our dog was trained at the Canine Academy. The Canine Academy. Yeah, she got she she was get our our, our our German Shepherd girl was getting her uh, what do you call it? Uh, her training on I forget what that's called, but yeah, or uh, her. I don't remember what it is. Certificate? No, she was. She wasn't getting the uh, level three certificate where they can jump over an eight foot wall, but she was getting that kind of certificate. You know, <laughs> you know, trained in German plots, plots, plotsing. Yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. All in German, so yeah, she was fun. That works for me. All right, I'm going to read a line, and then you guys tell me what I left out of the line when I say blank. Okay. Okay. If you give this blank. To a European, they're going to spit it out and say, this tastes like toothpaste. It's disgusting. Named one of the worst tasting foods in the world. Again, if you give blank to a European, they're going to spit it out and say, this tastes like toothpaste. It's disgusting. York- I, will, I will tell you this. I actually love this stuff. York peppermint patty. Oh, I like that guess, but it's nope. It's a drink. Ooh. It's a drink? It's, it's a drink. Yep. Ooh, Dr. Pepper. Nope, you're getting warm though. Root beer, exactly. Boom. Root beer, boom. Root beer does not taste like toothpaste. No, I root- love root beer. One of the key things in root beer is wintergreen. That's one of the key ingredients. Fire. So, yeah, no, I made wintergreen. I've made that's it. why. That's why I love root beer. I love wintergreen so much. See, yeah. I love root beer too. I Although I did have it. a toothpaste once that kind of had a hint of a to- of root beer of sarsaparilla in it. Really? Yeah, and it was a name brand. Didn't even think why it would have that in there, but it did have a hint of something. Was it Ipana? No. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened oh, yeah. to Ipana? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's still, they still make Ipana toothpaste? I have not seen it. There was a, like a beaver or something on the... Well, that's right, that was right. I think their mascot was a beaver with huge teeth. <laughs> tooth shaming. Tooth shaming, yeah, right? Tooth too. sh- yeah, Kristen, you're tooth shaming in L.A. again. <laughs> Oh, man, we can't do anything right. No, that's absolutely true. You yeah. can't. Yeah, the, other, the other key ingredient in root beer is, uh, either, uh, is either uh, sarsaparilla or sassafras. Sassafras root you put in those two. So. Sassafras. I like anise-flavored stuff. Oh, and it, you get those, you, if you get the anise drops over at Byerly's, forget about it. Phenomenal. Uh-huh. A lot oh, of people I used don't to love like, Byerly's. Oh, yeah, Byerly's is fantastic. A lot of people, and I don't know why, because I don't like strawberry, but a lot of people don't like black licorice. I, I like lo- it. I think it's wonderful. No. You don't like black licorice? I can't stand it. Why not? Nope. Are you... It tastes so bitter to me. I don't like bitter things. I don't like citrus because I think it's a little bitter. I don't like coffee. It tastes bitter to my palate. So, Same with black licorice. So the IPAs are out too? Those beers? The beers? I, I don't drink beer at all. Okay. Red wine? I do drink red wine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, whatever works. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. That's 
it all works out in the end. Yeah, I like a box of good and plenties. Love good and plenties. Uh, <gasps> and I love the that assortment where they got like the little tunnely things with the <laughs> I like those. It's phenomenal. Tom, I let's don't... go to the movies and pig out on good and plenties. Yeah, root, root beer and good and plenties. Now we're talking. Yeah. Now we're cooking with gas. I don't know. I, I just I it has some it has something to do with the way you grew up and the 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 cultural things about your family and the don't you think? Yeah, but it also has to per, has to do with personal uh, taste preferences, and everybody no has, doubt. you know you everybody tastes things a little bit different. And, and Kristen might, when she has those bitter things, it may be so overwhelming to her because the way her taste she tastes things and where her taste buds are that mm-hmm. that that's that, that's what pushes you away from that. I mean, it, those those are very yep. sophisticated kind of things, and it, but it can't be a cultural piece as well. Whereas if you were forced to eat things that were bitter when you were little and you didn't like them and for a variety of reasons, <laughs> I mean, that, that can give you an aversion too. But many times it's just how, the way, how you taste stuff. Just to prove Yeah, it. I think it's how I taste it because my whole family drinks coffee. My mom loves black licorice. Yeah. I just don't like it. Um, what the hell was I going to say? I was talking about making your, your point. Oh, yes. The reason... And because Catherine always asked me, why do you like Italian food so much? Like, my God, you love Italian food over all other food. Why do you like it so much? I think it's because I grew up Roman Catholic. So there were mm. some Italians around, but that's not it. I grew up Roman Catholic, and you couldn't eat meat on Friday, so we had spaghetti. And I loved it. Ah. I Because uh-huh. it, it was just sauce and, and noodles. There was no meat in it. So I got to love spaghetti because everybody else eat like fish sticks. Ugh. <laughs> not eating fish sticks. Not going to happen. I hate any food that has a crust and you break it open and part of it's white and the other part's gray. <laughs> nasty. What about fried mozzarella, though? Would you eat a fried mozzarella stick? Because there's something really delicious about that. There's no doubt about it. You're absolutely right. Uh, 100% correct. We'll be right back and talk about all of Kristen's mozzarella tips right after this, Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who's here to talk about a great service and an app that you can get and use from North American Banking Company called XCheck. Tom, it's a payment app we developed. We wanted a simple application that was safe and secure, easy to use, and a way in which you could pay the kid who cuts your grass, shovels your snow, way you could split a dinner check without having to exchange cash, without having to write a check. (laughs) The app processes the payment, puts it right into the receiver's account literally the same day. It's free to our customers. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, celebrating 20 years of providing a better banking experience. Check out nabankco.com slash KQ for more about XCheck. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Mike is a disaster. Now, wait a minute. You better cut out that. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. 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 Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Whiting Clinic has changed their name to include their two specialties, LASIK and cataract surgery. Whiting Clinic is best known for their amazing LASIK results and ability to enhance thousands of lives by restoring vision to clarity without the need for glasses or contacts. You've heard me rave about them for years. You know that. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm a perfect example of their good work. You know what I'm saying. I see so clearly now. When my clear LASIK vision started to fade due to cataracts, Whiting Clinic took care of me again 
and have the most advanced lens technology so I can see far, away, and up close without wearing any glasses. If you're over 60 and have noticed your vision starting to fade, call the experts at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. To learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020. That's 855-554-2020. And please tell them Tom sent you. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic. Uh-oh, what are we doing? Did you reboot? There you go. back, ladies and gentlemen. Kristen. <laughs> She's saying. Oh, yeah. Oh. We're, we're talking off the air. Kristen, are you a are you a Jeopardy contestant or a Wheel of Fortune or contestant? Wheel of Fortune contestant. <laughs> Which are you? Wait, so, so that's the question. That's sort of the... No, uh, no. I prefer Jeopardy. Oh, oh damn it. Damn it. Oh, I thought we had her. I thought we were. I think we're going to be all over her shaming like a cheap suit. There's a, a comedian that had a joke about Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. He said, here's the difference between Jeopardy contestants and Wheel of Fortune contestants to the Jeopardy contestant. Here she is. She has a law degree from Harvard and a medical degree from Georgetown University. Welcome, Susie. Wheel of Fortune, Wheel of Fortune contestant. I like shiny objects. <laughs> that is so gold. It's very funny, though. Double doctorate, or oh, yeah, because he's doctor, doctor of jurisprudence. So double doctorate compared to I like shiny thing. <laughs> hey, you know, it all works out. It all works out in the end. Um, what is the story, Kristen Burt, because you're a, a, a political animal. There's no doubt about it. She just sits there and takes. I like that she just sits no, there. No, I hear crickets. <laughs> no comment. Um, in any case, I, I just this whole thing. Have you seen this painting that Donald Trump put in his office? Have you seen? Yes, it? with all the Republicans. Yeah, but he's right in the middle, and nobody's sitting anywhere near him. It's just more me now. It's amazing. Yeah, well, I think he thinks that everybody is admiring him and his work in the painting. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, where it's like, in his mind, he thinks that, like, Reagan's admiring the work he's doing about making America great again. Again, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. I mean, honestly, if you take a look at it, it's really kind of a fascinating study about narcissism. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's no question. It's as narcissistic as you can get. So you got Abraham Lincoln... He's got Ronald Reagan. He's got uh, Eisenhower. He's got Richard Nixon. He's got Teddy Roosevelt. Who's the one guy with the beard staring at him? You can just the back of his head. Oh, that's Lincoln. Okay. Then there's a guy between Lincoln and Reagan, but I don't know who he is either. But yeah, it's uh, basically everybody's leaning into Donald Trump, I guess, to indicate what a wonderful man he really is in, in real life. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I, I think he's like, everyone admires me and everyone admires the work that I'm doing. When in reality, it's this like huge, like S storm uh, of like people all fighting all over the place. I mean, there are people who really believe in his work and then other people are like, what the heck is he talking about? What the heck is he doing? Yeah. No, no, I understand. I, here's what I love. <laughs> this There's a story about 
Sears has got major, major problems. They're going to close down some of the very old Sears stores here in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But the latest, uh, the latest story I see from uh, Crooks and Liars is the name of the website. Crooks and Liars. Rest in peace, Sears, thanks to managers like Steve Munchen. What are they talking about? Sears has been dying for many years, Trump told reporters on Monday. It's been obviously inappropriately run for many years, and it's a shame. Well, now, who ran Sears for all those many years? Who could it be? Who could it be? There's libertarian Eddie Lambert, who has been CEO since 2013, ran the company with some like real-life version of Hunger Games. I don't get that reference. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean, a real-life version of Hunger Games? Survival of the fittest. Oh, is that what Hunger Games is? I, I've never seen the movie, so I didn't know anything. I didn't even know what that was. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, it says here Lambert and Company head company uh, in the form of current Treasury Secretary Steve Munchen, who was connected to Sears until his confirmation, according to Bloomberg News report. Mnuchin wasn't just connected. He was one of those managers whom Trump is now criticizing. According to Bloomberg, Munchen was a member of Sears board from 2005 till 2016. Uh, before that, he was director for Kmart Corporation, which was acquired by Sears in 2005. I have a question for you, though. The, just the fact that you're on the board doesn't mean you tell people how to run the company. You know, you vote on certain things, but wouldn't the chairman or chair, chairperson decide how you're going to run a company? The, well, the board the board has uh, input into how they run the company. But it, what, right. what I find interesting, the telling thing there is that he he had Kmart and he ran that into the ground. It was yeah. so cheap that Sears, which was not in good shape, bought it. I mean, it. No, that's exactly so, right. You know, and it's just <laughs> up and spoke. I mean, it's just that retail's going to change. There's going to be a lot of empty mall space with uh, Amazon and yep. all the online services. People are just gravitating that more and more and more. Yeah, I mean, the question I have for you guys is I did notice, and this had to be, God, mid 70s at the latest, probably more like. I don't remember when. When did Target Corporation start? Oh, jeez. Was that the late sixties? Oh, before what? Well, well, Target it used to be uh, Dayton's, the, the Dayton's used department Dayton's store. That's how they started. Store, that. yeah. I don't right. know when was the first Target. I don't know that. I don't know. Cassie's checking her out. First Target I, um, store. I think it was the one in Crystal. Oh, I think. 1902. Target. Yeah. Whoa. In Minneapolis. Never say 1902. They're crazy. It's got to be. They're talking about the Dayton Corporation. Uh, it says Target, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 1902. How about the first Target store? Does That's it say when that? it was founded. Who started Target stores? Dayton. The Dayton family. George Dayton, I believe. It was George. Well, it was John uh, F. Ganese developed the concept of upscale discount retailing while working for the Dayton company. There you go. Using his concepts, the company opened the first Target discount store at 1515 West County Road B in St. Paul, a suburb of Roseville. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it, but it doesn't give a date for that one. But yeah, that, I think that was the mid '60s or late '60s. Something I, I don't remember for sure. Yeah, because it says here. I just put when did Target open? And it says 1902. But so we I'm, were, yeah, so the Dayton Corporation was probably, 19, oh, Dayton Corporation probably was the late eight, 1800s, though. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the whole thing, it just, I do remember a friend of mine who was a couple years older than me. I was probably, let's see if it was 1960, I was probably, I don't know, we'll say I was 15 years old. And my friend was 17 years old. 
and we went into Target store. And a 17-year-old kid back in the, I think it was the late 60s, might have been the early 70s, I'm not sure. But a kid, a 17-year-old kid said, we're walking around Target, and he goes, man, Sears doesn't have these shopping carts. And they never figured that out, that a huge part of Target was the fact that you could ride around and push around a shopping cart, and you wouldn't have to, because remember, before yeah. you had to carry everything. That's right. It's like, what do you, why didn't you adjust to that? Once the cart came out, and I know from floor to floor, you would have to take an, take an uh, elevator, and maybe they didn't want to retrofit the buildings with you know getting shopping carts around there, and that's why Target's all on one level. But you had to make some kind of adjustment. I mean, that's all there is to it. Um, hmm. Robert Sears was from Minnesota. People don't know that, but it's true. Uh, he got in business with Roebuck, and basically what the boys did is they moved to Chicago and and kind of stole every idea that Montgomery Ward had. The whole, you know, central... The reason they moved to Chicago is because of the central warehouse situation. So they could ha- warehouse everything in Chicago and ship it, you know, it was like a shipping hub. So, And, and I bet you most of their shipping was to the Midwest. Oh, bet. I, I absolutely guarantee it. Yep, there's no doubt about it. You know, the, the, the evolution of, of retail, if you look at uh, the, the, the emergence of discount retail like JCPenney, Sears, Montgomery Ward, and then the idea of Target, um, Best Buy to a certain extent, uh, it's sort of an upscale kind of discount thing, has pressured those big re- those big department stores out of business. So Kaufman's, yeah. Gimbel's, um, uh, Barney's now. Uh, you know, Dayton's is gone, and you know, Marshall Fields is gone. All those big department stores are just sort of evaporating. They've been absorbed into other things, and then they've been sort of, then they've, you know, like you look at Macy's, it's it's, it's not much different than Target, no. to be honest, or JCPenney. Right. So this whole thing, this the all these external pressures are coming to bear. And now with, I tell you, man, when Amazon kicks in more and more, it's going to be a, it's going to be a oh, cold yeah. day when to, to go to a department store. And again, we talked about that before too. The fact that Jeff Bezos basically just took Montgomery Ward's ideas digital. Yep. That's, he didn't invent anything. He just took it digital, which is, I guess, a smart businessman because nobody else was doing it. I don't understand how Sears, who put out maybe the best retail catalog in the history of of stores, I would guess, how they didn't figure out that they should at least offer a digital option to the to the catalog that was delivered to your home every year. They should at least go with an option. But you know what scared people away? Chris, you know the one deal that scared a lot of companies away from doing that very thing, just offering a digital option? What was it? They thought it was going to be extremely expensive because we, matter of fact, he was referenced this morning on the KQ Morning Show. They thought it was going to cost a fortune to maintain these digital channels because I can't remember it, Cassie. Would you look up and see the price that uh, I think it was AOL? Was AOL that brought uh, that bought Broadcast.com from? I'm not sure. Huh. I, is AOL still a thing? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember who bought it, but I know they paid a, over a billion dollars for the for the title Broadcast.com. Oh, so you want to know if AOL bought them? It's worthless. I mean. Oh. I don't even think broadcast.com is a is a site it's anymore. Active anymore yeah. huh. Let's see. Uh, Kristen, did you ever buy anything from Sears, the Sears catalog? Um, I remember when I was little that the big Christmas 
catalog. Oh, yeah. And I remember my mom would go, like, go and look through it and circle any toy you might like. I mean, I was really little, like under, I'm going to say easily under, like, seven. Um, what was it called? Was it, like, the Christmas Wish Book? Was it the Wish Book yeah. or something like that? No, the Wish Book is uh, Norge, No, is uh, Neiman Marcus. That's a big. Uh, Sears had it was called something. Yeah. I do remember when it, it may came, be but I don't remember ever really getting something from it. Um, I don't have like a big Sears memory or anything. I do remember going to Sears Portrait Studio. <laughs> oh, huh. so the, so there's really no uh, sense memory for Sears or for that system at all in most of the population in the United States now. There's just no no memory of it. Oh. Right, not true. Yeah, the only thing I could find is that AOL merged with Time Warner in 2000, yeah. and then in 2017, it looks like they merged with Yahoo and Oath. Oh, they did? Yeah, but it's not really giving a cost of, like, who bought out who or... Well, Broadcast.com was owned by, uh, what the hell is his name, Mark Cuban. That's how he made all his money. He sold Broadcast.com to some big company. For, it was over a billion dollars, and it might have been a couple of billion dollars. One of the most ridiculous purchases in history. Completely worthless. Oh, yeah. Here, it says, how did Mark Cuban sell Broadcast.com for $5.7 billion? $5.7 billion. Yep. Uh, I'm going home and going to bed. <laughs> for for Broadcast.com. And they got there, there, there was nothing tangible about it. Yeah. What is wrong with you? I don't know. It was... Yeah, they were they were they were at the craft table, and they bet the cum line. They did. Yeah, yeah, that's what that was. What do you think of that, Kristen? Uh, Five point seven billion. Would you spend that much for a, a website? No, but I would like someone to buy it from me. Yes, that would be nice. Five point seven billion. Yeah. Well, he sold it in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I remember that was quite a while ago. I mean, a lot of money. I know. Well, you, if you think about technology, though, in nineteen ninety nine, I'm assuming that was probably. A, a trend that they saw coming. That's probably yeah, why it sold probably. for so much. But it seems like once, I want to say around 2004 or 5, that's when technology just skyrocketed. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you started getting Netflix and smartphones mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So maybe they just missed the mark on that because they're like, why should we? I don't even know what broadcast.com is. Is it like a streaming I service? Su- I think it was supposed to be like podcasting. It was just oh, called okay. broadcast.com back then. Oh. I, I, they probably thought that they were going to broadcast all TV, all radio, and everything. Everybody go to yeah, broadcast.com yep, because it was yep. something to remember. But the, the reality is, is that you can just say uh, Google, make up a word, and if you put $100 million into advertising and publicity, it's worth it's going to get as much traffic as something you paid five billion dollars on just because it has a name. So, so Yahoo bought broadcast. Yeah, Yahoo. Another one. Okay, that's who bought it. Mm-hmm. In any case, you know, Joe from Louisville says he has an AOL uh, uh, email account. Still, he's still got <laughs> an AOL email account. That's what he said. He does. He, hey, Joe's waiting it out for the next go around. That's all he's doing. I laugh when people have Hotmail or AOL, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it feels like it's 1999. I have, a, I have Hotmail. I prefer it over Gmail, I'll tell you that. Really? Why? Because no one can find me. It's phenomenal. 
Oh, that, I was going to say, and everything bounces back from Hotmail or it winds up in your junk and you never see it again. <laughs> <laughs> it, disappears, well, it disappears into a digital sea of zeros and ones. That's going to be a problem. It's true. It's going to be, oh, it's all binary. Uh, um, that's okay. Just go ahead and ridicule my uh, website. I mean, my email address. That's the Hotmail, but don't worry about me. I love Gmail. That's what I use. Do you really? Yes. I think it's. For what I have to use it for, I think it's very um, easy to use because I, I can categorize everything. <laughs> I got upset last night because there was a woman at the Nutrimost dinner out of Jake's in Plymouth, and she had, it wasn't a flip phone, but her phone was like this big. So I, what is that, a blue, Blackberry? Oh, no, Maybe. A, I have no idea what's the, you know, the size, what, half side of a credit card, no, half side of a 3 by 5 card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this thing was not big, but it was just, but it fit in your hand. You could put it in your pocket. And the one I got now, you got to get like an excavation tool to get it out of your pocket. <laughs> good God. If you have big hands and that big phone, good luck getting it out of there on time. I don't think I ever have to this day. And you put any kind of sticky uh, co- uh, cover on it, and then it even sticks on the fabric. Yeah, I know. There you have it. We'll be right back more with Kristen Burt, Ralph Basham, Cassie, the whole huge match right after this Tom Bernard show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Call us. We deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Are you playing Sledgehammer? Yes, I am. Love Sledgehammer. It's a great song. Kristen Burt with us. Kristen, um, you're going to have to... Did you play Tom's Diner? Tom's Diner, I if I can find that. it. I, it was. Did you know that Tom's Diner, the vocal was Suzanne Vega? That's who that is, isn't it? Sounds right. I think it's Suzanne Vega. But anyway, they use her voice in Tom's Diner to test for compression, because I guess the hardest thing to compress is a subtle, subtly spoken woman's voice. Oh, really? It's really hard Ooh. to compress that. Oh, so Kristen goes. 
We made, we made our we made our own oh, version. Really? Christian's going sultry on us. Are you getting all sultry on us? Make is it that really the plan? hard to compress. Uh, I don't really have a sultry voice unless I'm super sick. <laughs> oh, it's sultry only when you're sick. Only when I'm sick. I do I get it, that like I husky think... Demi Lovato? Uh, not Demi Lovato. Demi Moore uh, voice. Demi Moore. Oh yeah, the Demi Moore kind of raspy deal. It sounds like me only with. Never mind. <laughs> um, you need to look this up, Kristen Burt. Okay. A squirrel with large breasts is becoming a social media <laughs> sensation. That's a real news story, by the way. I didn't make that up. To that. But, uh, I just Googled squirrel with large breasts drives Japanese social media wild. Those Japanese love some really interesting Very things. good. You found it right away. Oh, There's, look it. He's got boobs. It's a, he's it's, bigger boobs than it, I do. It's a girl. But you know what? It's because yeah. she's holding the nuts up under her chest that the, she has boobs at all. <laughs> she got a boob job. Maybe she did have a boob job, it's true. Uh, well, here's a sentence I never thought would exist. Check out the rack on that squirrel. There is a squirrel in an Okishira <laughs> Park uh, Zoo in Tokyo, Japan. She's becoming quite a social media sensation because of her very noticeable and voluptuous breasts. That's what it says. <laughs> voluptuous breasts. Yeah, okay. So what's going on? Well, squirrels don't have breasts. This squirrel is probably just plumped up for hibernation, and that extra body uh, bulk on her body happened to be in that shape. Well, it's also the fact that she is holding nuts up under that extra bulk, which causes them to look like breasts. Don't you think? She's got a very pretty coat. Yeah, she's very, very pretty coat. She's healthy. Where are, well, they, you know, breasts are, squirrels are mammals. Where are their breasts? They got breasts. They have to have breasts because they're mammals. You're absolutely right. Um, I have a question while he's looking for that. Kristen, this is a question for you. You ready? Yeah. Why is everybody who's on Twitter and Facebook in Japan, why is their picture always anime? Everyone I've ever seen, it's not their picture. It's anime. Uh, What the hell is that all about? Yeah. It's very popular there, though. It is. I it's mean, very, like, that's very where popular. the kind of the roots of it come from. And they even do, um, they even do like anime porn. I mean, that's how into it well, they the, are. Well, that's because Say. the laws there uh, limit what you, they're allowed to show on those sort of things. So they go to the cartoons, and I guess the laws are more lax for cartoon for cartoon uh, oh, uh, adult for content. And that, and I think that I. Uh, I believe that's kind of where anime started, and all the oh, you odd, may be right. All yeah. the odd, the, and there were some very odd, I try to say pervert perversions uh, in that. So there would be an, a you know octopus with a woman. It just was odd, bizarre, <laughs> odd, bizarre things. Fetishes. And and as a result of that, if you look at the anime of of regular cartoons that are just not adult content, they still are odd, bizarre kind of uh, situations and uh, sights and scenes and things like that. And I think it, it just sort of, it developed as an odd art form. So. I got to tell you something. I'll be totally honest with you. If it ever gets to the point <laughs> where I'm sitting down and I'm a cartoonist for a uh, anime porn site. And I ever have to draw in sputum, I'm quitting that day. Because I suppose they must draw it, don't they? Oh, they, oh, they draw. You know, they draw all this yeah. stuff. And I, and I would quit. You know, they, they, clearly they don't work at Disney. Yeah, <laughs> they do not work at Disney. Mm. 
Well, those are. No, I'm sorry. Most of the Disney uh, Disney anim, anim, anime animation artists are frustrated, so they they hide it in the in the background or on I was the. I'm say it's in there. Yeah, it's <laughs> you in just there. Have to look. That's right. You have to look on the walls. That was that that came out wrong. So, Kristen, do you th- are you are you offended by the fact that my wife abandoned me for four days? Oh God! Well, <laughs> there's one. There's one. I- I told her I would count today during the show how many times it would happen. I was wondering, since I wasn't here last week, was I abandoning you since I was yes. out of town for work? Absolutely. Yes. yes. You deserted me. I was out there all on my own on the on the edge of the radio cliff, and it was your fault. It was Exactly. It You're was, totally fine without me. Exactly. It, was, it was horrific. It was horrific without you. I mean, exactly. Tom, Tom was inconsolable. He was just weeping and just shaking and crying so much. It just took about a half an hour to get him just so he could just clear his voice and so he could be on the air. You had of, to give him a snack to soothe him. Yeah, absolutely. Dark, dark chocolate, of course. No, no, he's one of those red... We, we, have, we have one dozen red velvet cupcakes on the on the table today. You want a cupcake? Mm, that sounds so good. Oh, it doesn't it go? Phenomenal. You have to go over to the place and get one out of the vending machine. The vending machine? What's the name of the place? Uh, it's over in... Sprinkles. Is it, what is it? For sprinkles. Yeah, Sprinkles. It's over in North Hollywood. Sprinkles, yep. Yeah. Where you... uh, sprinkles is in... Uh, the original one's in Beverly Hills, but they've got an okay. ATM cupcake machine. Yeah. What? Yep. You go up there, you put your credit card in. Probably uh-huh. you'd have to have two credit cards. And a cupcake machine. A cupcake machine. You go in there, you get your $5 cupcake or $3 cupcake or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. boop, plops right out of the box. And then you put it on social media. Yeah. Tom, you know what you need to do? You need to come to L.A. And we're going to do a social media tour of all of the ridiculous things we do in Los Angeles. Good. I would love we to would do that. We would have so much fun. Oh, my gosh. We could, we could put the it on. the greatest thing ever. We could put it on ABC, NBC, or CBS because they don't have anything else to put on their networks. It's all over. <laughs> my God. TV networks programming is dreadfully bad there are a few good things to watch i would say a handful of things to watch among all the channels the rest of it is absolute garbage we uh you know we have i've degenerated to watching youtube and one, yeah, of, the, you one of the best things on youtube are concerts because you can yeah, you can right. whether it's rock or anything but we can watch some classical things we watched uh, the london symphony perform uh ravel's bolero mm-hmm. last night Ooh. and and they had great no, that's, uh, that, that was, that's uh, Carmen. That's Carmen, yeah. <laughs> there it is. There she is. Somebody's been hitting the pipe. <laughs> but, watch right. it, but you get to see it. Goes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm a horrible singer. But I do know Valero. <laughs> and she, and so it's so interesting to watch. So you get, you can watch things. Uh, there was a, a famous opera singer who sang uh, Habanera from uh, Carmen. And, and it's just so interesting to be able to see those sort of things. And, you know, it's, you know, broadcast TV, they're losing it. They are just it's cut too loose bad. and drifting. It really is too bad because it's just, they brought it on themselves. And I'm telling you, my, AM radio brought it on themselves, and and, and FM radio is going to be, have to be careful. Music, they, music land brought it on itself. Yeah, it did. They, they. Hey, I, I want to get it. Sort of, I was just going to say, sort of related to this, CBS Television City is being put up for sale. By the way, what? Um, 
because the land, yes, seriously, the land is so valuable and you know how uh, Los Angeles preserves buildings. They don't. When developers come in, they usually knock something down. Yeah. It doesn't have a buyer yet, but wow. I'm telling you, we're probably going to lose CBS Television City, which is where uh, Sonny and Cher show, Carol Burnett, Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, all of these man. Shows. Oh, wait, American and, Idol is there now. And the most important one, the most important one of all time, The Young and the Restless. That's where Ashley worked. Y&R, Bold yeah. and the Beautiful. Yeah, Ashley worked there for three and a half years. Where did Lucy work? Wonderful. Does he lose studios? Desi Lou Studios is now, oh, oh gosh, um, I'm trying to think the name of it. It's changed a couple times. Um, I'll have to look it up, but it's it's no, but it does still exist um, as a studio, as a functioning studio. Okay, huh. for anybody under the age of a thousand, you're not going to get this reference, but why'd those kids break up, Lucy and and Ricky Ricardo? Why'd those kids break up? What happened? They kept he cheated some... on her. Did he really? I didn't know that he cheated on her. Who did he cheat on her with? Do we know her? I don't think so, but I think he was stepping out on her all the time. Yeah, that's what I understand. That's what I heard. It's very yeah. disappointing. You know, Lucy making us all laugh. Desi, the only thing he ever said on camera was, Lucy, you can't do the show. I mean, that was it. That's all he ever said. And that's how he said he said Desi show. Studios. Just so you guys know, Desi Lou Studios is now Culver Studios. So it's really oh, it's Culver. Good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I understand that. Well, I thought, yeah. and that's Columbia, right? Or no, that's it was. No, Columbia. no that's CBS no. too. No, the Sony. Sony. Sony CBS. Sony CBS. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're going to yeah. move all the shows over there. We don't know. That's the interesting thing, because where are you going to move them? Because you also have CBS has Radford, but that CBS Radford one, which is in the Valley, is a small studio. Right. And the reason why a lot of people use CBS studios is because they can house the variety shows, Dancing with the Stars, So You Think You Can Dance, American Idol, they all film there. Price is Right is there. Yeah. We don't have those type of big sound stages anymore unless you go over to either Disney or Warner Brothers. Yeah. Or, or universal, universal, has, you know, it's universal has the big sound universal, stages, yeah, too. They what about, do. What but about studio, they're not doing a lot of television over there. Okay. What about Studio City? Doesn't Studio City have big big sound stages? Over they're in, not huge. Okay. They're smaller huh. at CBS Radford. Yeah, that's huh. the one in Studio City, CBS okay. Radford. You know, the whole thing's so just... I don't, I don't know. It's really interesting what will happen with that. Yeah. The, also, the Debbie uh, Reynolds dance studio... Uh, is going to be, they have a notice of evacuation, I think in two weeks, November 5th. Uh, that is also going to be torn down. The developer who bought it from Todd Fisher uh, has decided not let the dance studio exist, and he wants to build apartment buildings and retail space. So really? that's another building we're about to lose. And where is that? Yep. Where is that? That is in North Hollywood on Lancashire. Okay. And Debbie had that. It's the largest dance studios that were, are used for production. And, you know, the saddest thing, like, Thriller was rehearsed there. Madonna rehearsed all of her hmm. um, big concerts and things like that. So uh, there's a lot of history there. A lot of Motown used to rehearse there. A lot of films rehearsed there. Even uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, they did all the fencing scenes over there. Um, it's it's so tragic because we don't save buildings. I come from New England, and we all live in houses from the 1600s, and then you come to L.A., and 1960s old and we just tear it down yeah pretty much true uh kristen i have to ask you a question about the connors because i've seen mm. everywhere else i've seen 
Uh, the Connors really needs Roseanne back. Uh, they should, and the, apparently the studio said they, they made a big mistake by firing her. And the word I see, except for you, if you check the newspapers, if you look at a newspaper website, the Connors is a better show without Roseanne. Even, even that, a sitcom on television has to have a political element to it. And I understand Roseanne, she, she still claims she thought the woman was white, so I don't know what the real, we, we'll never know the real truth. But, we'll never know. You know, unless you're referring to yourself, I wouldn't compare anyone to a chimp. You know what I mean? I, I just don't that think... That is, pro- yeah, and if you can't handle social media, don't be on it. Because everybody, everybody in the world probably is one one-thousandth black. Well, we're all African. <laughs> That's right. Well, all African. We're all African. So, you know, you always have to be so careful. Uh, don't make those right. references. The, what is it? The cradle of civilization. Yep. Mm-hmm. North Africa. Yeah. Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia. There you go. So, like I said, Kristen, my people were from Africa, and I'm sick and tired of being hassled by the man. What do you think of that? <laughs> we and everyone's tired of being hassled. This whole every day we wake up and someone wants to hassle us. Isn't why, that the truth? And why is that? I don't understand why people love to it. You know, I, one thing I have noticed the last five years, people will go out of their way to screw you out of something. Maybe it's always been that way, and I've mm-hmm. just been noticing. But people love to rip other people off right now, and I do not. I think they somehow feel justified doing it now. Like, they didn't do it before because they knew it was wrong, but now they don't think it's wrong anymore, so everybody's doing it, apparently. the hell is that? Yeah, and, and they get great pleasure out of doing it. That's the thing that grates me. I'm like, really? You get, like, you have such a good time, like, getting seeking revenge on someone yeah, or pulling yeah. a fast one over on someone? Is there real joy in that? Because not for me. I, not me either. I don't, I just, it's so boring to me. I think, eh, it's terrible. But, you know, they do what they do. I, I just... I, and, and the thing about it is, they will go to the nth degree to make sure they screw you over as much as they possibly can. I mean, even people that are supposed to be your friends, I don't understand that way of thinking at all. I don't get it. Do you? I, I don't. And I feel like social media, like if someone doesn't like something, they do their best to get people fired yes. or to dox them and release all their information out on the Internet. Like Stuff like that is scary. And I'm always, I don't understand um, why people are finding that that's okay and that's right. And, and it makes you more distant from other people. Yeah, it does. Where, where you, you know, you, you work, you, you're so careful. You don't want to get close to somebody. You may divulge a, a personal secret or a sensitivity, or you may say something that you would only say with the closest of friends. Right. You know, it may not, it may not be right. It may not be appropriate. It may be bad in a lot of ways. But you get feedback from them in a way that maybe gives you a governor to, so you don't say that sort of stuff. I don't know. I think it's a good plan. Uh, yeah, let's not say that kind of thing. Hey, look, we've all misspoken. Now the fact that they're going back like 40 years to, oh, this is what you said when you were 11. I mean, I don't know. Culture has changed. It's, some things are are not appropriate now that were accepted actually back in back in those days i suppose mm-hmm. but i don't know i just don't know if, you know once the time he winked at me that it was like 1958 it was unbelievable i i do you think and i, I know we're running over here a little bit but i want to ask both women on the show cassie mm-hmm. and Kristen. do you think that that people who do that kind of thing that go oh this happened like aren't they hurting women more than they're hurting men 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Kristen? Um, I mean, if you're talking about way back when or versus now and whether they've learned the lesson. Well, I mean, like Stormy Daniels, I'm sorry, but but a certain political party picked her up and she was a big hero all of a sudden with that Vanetti guy right. and all that. I don't think what she does is is good for women trying to sue the president. And oh, the court, yeah. The court just said, get the hell out of here with that. They threw it out completely. But I still don't think she has yeah, a horse Yeah, I mean, face. like, look. I don't think she has a horse face. I do think the affair happened. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, agree. I don't know if you'd like admit, I totally think the affair happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, you know, you have to watch out because uh, are you becoming, you become a pawn in a yes. political play. And I think that that's, correct. And that's the, the danger in all of that. And I, I would never, if I felt like I was doing something right, I don't want the Democratic nor the Republican Party uh, to be attached to that. I agree with that 100%. Honestly. Like if I felt like I had, uh, you know, something to talk about with, uh, you know, hey, he, I did have an affair with him. I don't want right. anyone with political parties to attach themselves to my story. No, no question. All right, another week shot. Every time you come on on Tuesday, the hour goes by in like a blink of an eye, and then we don't get to talk to you for another week. I know, but I'll be back next week. That's the great news. It is. The, that is the great news right there. Kristen, that thank you. That is the great news to get you through. you damn right. <laughs> we'll get through now that you gave me the great news. We will be back, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Kristen Burt, entertainment. Let's call her a director. She's not just an entertainment reporter. <laughs> She's the whole deal, like the entertainment director or something. Something like that. Anyway, we'll be right back. I'm Julia Cruz, director. The Julia Cruz, director. There you go. Kristen, the cruise director, as far as entertainment is concerned, from Los Angeles. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard. Show.